Hello? Well, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, got knocked off here again, uh, which happens every so often. I'm sorry about that. So let's start again with some Philly opener. Hey, this is Dr. Rod here. Dr. Rod Unfiltered, Uncensored, episode uh, number 259. Today we'll bring you some commentary and opinion of the latest medical news, but you won't get it. Joined by Dr. Jerry and Dr. Dan, and shortly we'll get on with this show, maybe this time for real. Dr. Jerry, are you there? Hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Now I hear you. We had a little little, uh, technical problem there again, so thank you for joining us. I no had problem. to uh, resort <laughs> resort to a phone. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Jerry's here, and uh, we are we'll get on with the show momentarily. I have to tell you that this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, with an attitude of gratitude, we will get on with today's program uh, and we'll bring you uh, some different subjects today. Dr. Jerry has has, uh, prepared a nice uh, uh, talk to you about sunscreens, and uh, I have a variety of topics that I hope we can get to. I want to talk to you about chiropractic care, vinegar, and I want to talk to you about coffee, and if we have time, how the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs raise your homocysteine level. And if you're not getting that checked on a regular basis, uh, when hopefully I'll give you another reason besides what Dr. Jaffe said, that it could increase your life, why you should get that checked. So, Dr. Jerry, sorry about that uh, introduction of uh, the first one because uh, every so often Block Talk Radio cuts out their microphones. All right. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. <laughs> All right. Let's get on. I'm going to, Dr. Jerry, let me just, uh, I have a little thing. I want to just talk about chiropractic care because it really is pertinent today, especially with the uh, rise in the opioid epidemic and how. Doctors have been in the past giving out uh, opioids like uh, candy at Halloween. And chiropractic has been helping people for over 100 years. And and I don't know why they call chiropractic treatment controversial or even worse, sometimes they call them quackery. I guess mainstream media, uh, the medicine, the mainstream guys have been in a snit ever since Daniel Palmer, who is the father of chiropractic care, by the way, performed his first successful spinal adjustment. Guess what? In 1895. And uh, ever since then, the establishment has been trying to make it some type of voodoo. Well, 
you know, we're, we're like I said, we are reeling from an unparalleled opioid crisis. The mainstream medicine people, uh, they're slowly beginning to wake up and smell the coffee, and I'll talk about coffee, when it comes to accepting alternative treatments for pain. If you've never given chiropractic a try, you might wonder if there's any truth to the controversy. But rest assured, ladies and gentlemen, there's a study just out in the Journal of the American Medical Association, JAMA, that turns the tables on all the naysayers once and for all. It has been called, quote, it is being called, not has been, it is being called the strongest evidence to date of just how safe and effective chiropractic really is. And it confirms that if you suffer from back pain and are looking for relief, you should put a chiropractor on speed dial. So let's follow the evidence, ladies and gentlemen. For all the claims of pseudoscience, the way that chiropractic works is actually quite simple and makes logical sense. A chiropractor mainly focuses on properly aligning your spine. That's called an adjustment. It involves applying manual pressure to a joint to put it back into a correct position. Some chiropractors also uh, also use a computerized adjusting uh, so that uh, if you're elderly and you're afraid of uh, being hurt, uh, the computer will position the uh, uh, vertebrae. And it can do wonders for sciatica and other nerve injuries as well as migraines, sinus problems, and believe it or not, even ear infections. In this study that I'm talking about in the Journal of the American Medical Association, however, the head of nonprofit group called Spine IQ, which stands for Spine Institute of Quality, followed the treatment of 750 patients suffering from back pain across the United States. While all of them received usual medical care, that is, gone to their doctors and physical therapists, it soon became obvious which patients were also having chiropractic adjustments. The lead researchers said that at every point during the initial six weeks of treatment and the six weeks follow-up, those who had chiropractic treatments felt less intense pain. That alone would be great for chiropractic, right? But there was an added benefit. Those who received chiropractic care experienced less pain-related disability, meaning they could go on with their lives without being laid up or limited in any way by their lower back pain. The lead researcher, Dr. Getz, said the results of this study should leave no doubt about integrating the safe and effective treatment into traditional healthcare settings. Look, we don't need any more proof that conventional methods for treating back pain haven't been working very well. Unfortunately, these patients have been turned into walking, uh, I guess you could call them ATM machines for the traditional physicians. Maybe we shouldn't say walking, maybe we should say limping ATM machines for being subjected to pointless CAT scans, MRIs, all the way to risky treatments such as surgeries and injections. Uh, these patients, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, they have been the bread and butter of the established medical and big pharma companies. And it's a shame when you consider how alternative treatments such as chiropractic can work. Okay, and despite how many hundreds of patients are involved and how many felt better after being adjusted. I'm sure that the conventional pill pushers will soon be saying how much research is necessary. The usual, that's, that's, that's the usual knee-jerk comment whenever positive results are found from alternative treatments. Something, a vitamin works, oh, we need 1,000 more studies. 
Despite the unnecessary and unfair attempts to discredit chiropractic care, however, its detractors don't want you to know how much official acceptance it's already receiving over the years. Some of that approval, in fact, comes right from the feds, whose National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health recently gave the thumbs up to spinal manipulation for back pain. There's also the fact that many insurers, Medicare included, cover chiropractic. But you know what? Since chiropractic care is amazingly affordable when compared to traditional medical treatments, just paying out of pocket is sometimes a better idea and then being responsible for a copay. This study, it is hoped, will help insurance companies expand coverage as they follow the evidence of how hands-on adjustments of your spine can take away your pain. No drugs required. So ladies and gentlemen, and so that you know, my son uh, practices in Naples, Florida. He is a chiropractic and a neuro- neurological chiropractor going through a, a, a residency in, in neurology and chiropractic uh, university. But be that as it may, it is an incredible uh, modality, and that coupled with the experience of a, a good chiropractor and maybe some uh, cryo-sauna treatment, uh, a lot uh, it means a lot, and you may be able to avoid some surgery. So, Dr. Jerry, that's my two cents on chiropractic. And, uh, you know, with summer coming up now, and a lot of our listeners are headed to, well, in your area, to the, maybe the Jersey Shore, down to Rehoboth, Delaware, Ocean City, Delaware, uh, they're going to be slathering all kinds of stuff on their body. Uh, well, just, you got just have one quick. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Stay indoors. <laughs> Well, that, that's not going to work. <laughs> I know. But all kidding aside, I just wanted to give you my two cents worth with the chiropractic. Um, years ago, 18 years ago, I had a herniated disc. And I went to a friend of mine who was the head of the manipulative medicine at the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. And I said, uh, you know, Bill, it was William Crow, or Tom Crow, rather. And um, I said, what's the deal after, you know, surgery versus conservative therapy. He said, five years after surgery, you're no better off than doing conservative therapy. And that's the advice that I took, and thank God I did. But it was funny, one of my patients was just telling me about his brother-in-law who had a hip problem, and he tried to talk him into coming to me because I helped him with his back pain 25 years ago, and he opted to do the surgery. So now he's permanently numb because they nicked the, uh, the femoral nerve and uh, he's on a walker from the surgery. So, you know, there's no free lunches, man. Let me tell you, you go under the knife, the potential of post-surgical sequelae is is fairly high. Anyway, talking about the sun, I I mean... Look, I agree with you. You know, I I had a pain and rehabilitation center. It was a non-drug one. It was mainly a a holistic pain center, but uh, I had a hard time... uh, fighting with clients who would say, oh, the surgeon said he could cure me. And and just what you said, yeah, for the first year or two they're cured, then they're coming back to me because everything is returned. So, uh, Yeah, there's other factors. Exactly. In chronic pain, uh, a high percentage of people have an acidic pH, and that lowers your pain threshold. So, you know, simply changing your diet and getting some more alkalinizing food you know, dark green leafy vegetables, for example, um, you know, and raising your pH 
helps to raise your pain threshold. Also, um, essential fatty acids are really important to produce the prostaglandins ones and threes, which help uh, inflammation and, and pain. And if you're taking an NSAID drug like Advil or Nuprin or any of those uh, type drugs, and you get pain relief, that's diagnostically indicative that you're deficient in essential fatty acids. So it's it's so simple when you come down to it. You just have to apply the basic principles. All right. Let, before we leave that, don't let, don't don't let our audience think it's it's a single prong approach. I mean, the, a diet is important, exercise is important, and of course your attitude and and uh, and, and your uh, toward the pain and and how you're going to let it affect you. So, uh, Dr. Jerry is absolutely right about the the uh, dietary and supplement form, but you know you got you have to get your meat off the seat uh, if you want to get rid of your back pain. And also, you know, getting aligned, your body wastes less energy in trying to maintain balance when things are totally uh, at a skew. Uh, and, and even your mental attitude uh, is enhanced when you, you get a good uh, chiropractic adjustment. Well, I, I, can, I can attest to that. My son has been staying in the will because he keeps me aligned. So uh, <laughs> and it, it feels great. <laughs> yeah, and so it's very hard to, to raise parents, though. Well, he's doing a good job. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I dug up some really interesting uh, facts. First of all, I want to preface it by saying those of you that do tend to use sunscreen or any other type skin products, I strongly recommend that you go to the Environmental Working Group. Their website is www.ewg.org. And the reason I'm pushing in that direction is They've spent the money and the time to evaluate, you know, these skincare products and sun and sunscreen products because uh, a lot of them were really dangerous. I mean, I, I didn't realize how toxic a lot of these things were until I start, you know, reading over the list. I'm not going to, you know, bother with the list. I want you to get proactive and, and do your own homework. But I want to go over some eight little-known facts about sunscreen, which kind of blew me out of the water. First of all, number one, there's no proof that the sunscreens alone prevent skin cancer. I mean, this is a myth. It's totally disinformation. In fact, statistically, they're showing that melanoma, which is one of your deadliest forms of skin cancer, has tripled over the last 35 years. And most scientists and public health people, including the FDA administration, found little evidence that the use of sunscreens in isolation from other sun uh, protective measures prevents most skin cancer. So don't think, you know, you're putting, slapping this grease on that you're, you're preventing skin cancer or sun damage. It's nonsense. It's, it's a scam. The second well, can I, interesting... Can I, can I, can yeah, I before we leave that one, Dr. Oh. Jerry, I, I, I often tell people, you know, most melanomas occur on the chest and the back. And that's right. where you you generally are protected. Usually have a shirt on, even golfers. Unless you're in a nudist colony. <laughs> exactly. So this this uh, this scare tactic about the sun is 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 unwarranted. I mean, there's no doubt you should not get burned, but uh, they they don't have the the answer on melanoma. Well, you know the interesting thing, and my theory is that 
when you're in the sun and you're perspiring, the toxins are coming up from the deeper layers of the skin to the outer layers, and they're getting trapped there. And that's what's causing the disruption of the DNA and the cell physiology. Because, look, the Indians ran around half naked, and they didn't have a you know rampant skin cancer problem. Of course, they ate cleaner, too, and they didn't have you know uh, glyphosate and Roundup and all the other poisons that are in our Spartan environment eight. today. Yeah, aspartame and EMFs and all that. You know, the animals didn't have uh, texting uh, capability. But, um, <laughs> yeah, what, <laughs> what what I do, it's real simple. I remember Royal Lee had, he used to have a newsletter, and I, I read it as notes from the 30s and 40s. And if you take calcium lactate and flax oil, um, I would take it like, you know, start a day before and ingesting it, the the flax oil pushes the calcium back into the tissues. And when you're in the sun and the vitamin D is being produced, it pulls the calcium out of the cells, and that's why you get burned. So replacing it, you know, like at least the day before and, and the day of in the sun really helps prevent burning. Too simple. The second uh, issue that I, I came across about the eight little-known facts about sunscreen is this SPF, the sun protection factor, don't be fooled by the high numbers because it's a relative measure of how long the sunscreen will provide you with the protection from the UVBs, the ultraviolet uh, B rays. But the bottom line is people get this full sense of security and it's inherently misleading. And they, it, it forces them to use less sunscreen because they think it's more powerful and stay in the sun too long. So you're really setting yourself up for, for damage. Uh, the third one was the common sunscreen additive, vitamin A. And this kind of like floored me a little bit. Uh, actually can speed up the development of skin cancer. The, the retinal palmitate, it's an antioxidant, and it combats skin aging, which is wonderful. But studies by the federal government scientists indicate that it may trigger development of skin tumors and lesions when used on the skin and present in sunlight. So, yeah, in the darkened environment, the palmitidyl A or retinal palmitate is okay. But as soon as you get exposed, the reactions can set you up for skin cancer. So that was kind of like unnerving a little bit. The fourth uh, little-known fact is the European sunscreens provide much better UVA protection. And the problem is the FDA has been dragging their feet and won't allow the manufacturers over here to utilize the powerful uh, ingredients that the Europeans are using to protect against the UVAs. So, you know, your FDA is out there supposedly helping us, you know, by, uh, you know, passing laws and monitoring, you know, the – uh, marketplace to you know keep you safe, but it's it's a scam. So the European products are much better in preventing UV uh, uh, damage. The fifth one is sunscreen doesn't protect skin from all types of sun damage. You know you look at a farmer and he looks like he has leather for skin because it's damaging the collagen and elastic tissue. And that's why people who are sun worshippers, unfortunately, you know their skin ages maybe 10, 15 years. Uh, you know, in comparison to a person who's, you know, stayed out of his uh, son for most of his adult life. Um, the sixth factor is uh, some sunscreen ingredients disrupt hormones and cause skin allergies. So sunscreen, it's desired to be applied in large portions, and you have to do it several times a day. You just can't do it one application. 
and basically the ingredients soak through the skin and can be detected actually in people's blood, urine, and even mother's breast milk. And uh, some of the commonly used ingredients appear to block or mimic hormones and cause allergic reactions to, you know, on sensitive skin. So uh, you got to really be careful when you apply anything to the skin because it gets absorbed into the body. Um, you know, years ago they had that uh, topical product called Fisohex. Used to put on the baby's head to wash the scalp to make them sterile, so to speak. That junk was getting into their brains and causing damage. So anything you put on your skin does get absorbed into the body, especially underarm deodorant with aluminum in it gets absorbed into the body and it can affect your lymph nodes and other organs. The seventh factor just, was, yeah. Just, just a quick one. What's the largest organ in our body? Well, the, the skin, basically. It's the skin, yeah. So people that, that, you know, don't think of it as an organ, but as you just said, it is living, breathing, absorbing, and monitoring our, 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 our temperature. It's, it's performing many, many functions. And we take it for granted. Well, unfortunately, you're right. And um, the doctors take it for granted, too, because the, the stuff that they prescribe is detrimental. You know. And the other interesting thing is um, many of the companies that make the sunscreen also make chemotherapy. So you wonder if there's a little collusion there. <laughs> no way. Yes. Another paranoid doctor, ladies and gentlemen. Another paranoid doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So mineral sunscreens contain nanoparticles. So most um, use zinc oxide and titanium dioxide, which are metals. And the, they basically contain nanoparticles, one twentieth the width of a human hair. And that's to reduce the chalky white tint that the, excuse me, the larger particles would leave on your skin. So these particles can get absorbed into your body and create, you know, disruption of normal function. And it's a metal. So, you know, metals disrupt physiology and uh, cause inflammation. The last uh, one is that if you avoid the sun, then you got to check your vitamin D levels. And unfortunately, people aren't aware of the fact that putting sunscreen on actually inhibits the production of vitamin D being produced in your body. So if you go to the doctor, their ranges of, of vitamin D are actually in the in the low side of the the uh, functional range. It should be between 50 and 70 nanograms per milliliter. And unfortunately, people that get 30 or 40 readings in their blood test, the doctor says, oh, you're fine. But to protect against cancer and keep your immune system high, it should be between 50 and 70 nanograms per milliliter. So that's the uh, eight little known facts that I came across that I thought were pretty darn interesting that, you know, we all take for granted that these things are safe and uh, actually doing something good, but they're not. Well, and, and and you're so absolutely right about the additives in these sunscreens. The one that uh, you we talked about, oxybenzone, right, can cause damage and deformation. It affects the coral. It's an endocrine disruptor. It affects DNA. Why is it in there? You know, it's 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 in two thirds of the of the products that 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 they assessed. So uh, this oxybenzone, if you see that on a drug, yeah. uh, on a sunscreen, it's like seeing, like Dr. Smith says, dead flowers in the doctor's office uh, waiting room. Get it out of there. So you, you yeah, want to avoid really, that. Yeah, that's why if you go to the environmental working group, they have cosmetics listed there, perfumes, all kinds of, you know, good products 
for purity and safety. And you really got to do your homework. You just can't go by the advertisements because they're, they're not telling you the truth. I agree with that. I agree wholeheartedly. And that's ewg.org, O-R-G, ewg.org. And uh, they, they, it's a great site. It's a nonprofit. They do ask for donations uh, if you, you're so inclined, if you think their work is worthwhile. And uh, you can even check out your water quality on that site. So uh, I, I agree with Dr. Smith. Uh, that's a great site to, to do your homework in and get proactive and learn about it. You know, we're going to we introduce you to the subject. Now you follow through with it. So, uh, Dr. Jerry, that, that was a good good summary of uh, sunscreens because uh, anything over SPF SPF eight, you won't get any uh, uh, vitamin D uh, activation at all. And uh, so. The best time, to, ladies and gentlemen, to get vitamin D from the sun is when the, your shadow is less height than you, when it's smaller than, than you, where you have a small shadow. Half hour, 45 minutes a day out in the sun uh, with a small shadow is when the, that's optimal for absorbing uh, the beautiful rays in vitamin D. Well, the other interesting well, thing is if you get the, uh, the early morning sun, it actually stimulates melatonin production which helps with sleep, and also it's one of the most powerful natural antioxidants in, that your body makes. So it's your early morning sun that, that creates that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I hope you, 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 you follow through with that and take a look at that website. Uh, I came across a very interesting uh, quote from Steve Jobs. He says, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. Steve Jobs. So what, why, why are we bringing that up? Because we want you to be the CEO of your body. Follow your intuition. Sometimes you know uh, your doctor's do, not doing the right thing. Challenge him, okay? Do your homework. Listen to shows like this one. And uh, we'll try and give you the, the uh, ammunition to, to challenge the traditional medical doctors. Now, we need them, okay? I'm not saying everything they do is wrong. Uh, but they don't have uh, the training. In fact, there's just a great article today, and I'll bring it up next week, about the death of the physical examination. Uh, you know, your doctors today come in with an iPad and hardly touch you. So uh, that, to me, that's really serious, and we'll, we'll talk more about that next week. And, Dr. Jerry, did you see a recent article about antibiotics uh, that can cause kidney stones? I mean, isn't that? No, I, I mean, missed I, that I one. Hadn't, yeah, University of Pennsylvania. They found uh, certain types of antibiotics significantly increase your risk of developing what what is really a horrible. It's really you talk about pain. That's one that is really pain. So, and and they said in this article on the University of Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia, a whopping seventy percent increase of kidney stones. In, in in the United States. They say that people don't remember pain for the most part, but I'm going to tell you, that kind of pain uh, caused by kidney stones, that's another story. So Dr. Gregory Tazian, T-A-S-I-A-N, 
He's a urologist at Penn. He led the research. He points out how kidney stones used to be a problem mainly for middle-aged men. Now, however, he says they're striking younger and younger people. So building on prior research uh, that found that those more prone to stones had shifts or alterations in their gut bacteria. Here we go again, the microbiome. His team focused on some explanations and antibiotics which kill both the good and bad bugs in your body. So they analyzed 20 years of health records for millions of adults and kids, focusing on those who have suffered attacks of kidney stones. And they found what? That certain classes of antibiotics, namely sulfas, cephalosporons, fluoroquinolones, that includes cipro and levoquin, nitrofuridin, and ones known as broad-spectrum broad penicillins were linked to a significantly higher risk of kidney stones. I mean, that, that, that's from a, a prestigious uh, university hospital. Well, you uh, know, Dr. Ron, what's interesting, two factors. Number one, EMFs, your Wi-Fi, that's going to disrupt your microbiome. And yep. the other big thing is dietary preferences. You know, you could help reduce the formation of kidney stones by increasing your magnesium in your diet, which is in green vegetables, and also B6. The two help keep the calcium in solution. So how many people Absolutely. eat green, green salads today? I mean, you know, most people hate greens. So lacking B6 and magnesium increases the chance of precipitation. And the joke of it is, it's relatively easy to get rid of kidney stones. I've done it numerous times with uh, phosphoric acid. Uh, standard Process puts out a product called Phosfood, and you take 10 drops in like six ounces of water. Every 15 minutes, you take 10, 10 drops in, in six ounces of water, and you do that for two hours. It basically super acidifies your urine and helps dissolve the kidney stones, and then they'll pass out. And that's great advice, ladies and gentlemen, and especially the water part of it, too. Okay? As yeah. We, we, as the weather gets warmer, it must stay hydrated. And if you go to a physician and he says you need an antibiotic just to cover your, cover uh, whatever, you know, challenge him on that. Say, is it really necessary? It, do I really need this one? And if you really do need it, is it one that can make uh, promote kidney stones? You know, if he's good, I find Cipro here in Southwest Florida is handed out like candy. Also, it's a powerful drug, and it's like a one size fits all for, and it's not not to not to be. And that's one of the ones that causes kidney stones. So, hydration, uh, proper nutrition, uh, avoiding antibiotics when they are not necessary, really important for for your uh, to avoid kidney stones. And the thing is, you don't even have to, yeah, Dr. Ron, you don't even have to take a prescription of antibiotics. If you're eating chickens or beef that are, you know, shot up with antibiotics, you're getting it. You're getting the dose. You know, it's funny because I have another article that came across this week, and I must have missed this Laurel and Yanni stuff. What was that? Laurel and Yanni. Apparently something came across Twitter while I was away. But, uh, there, I also have this super strained, I've been reading about it, E. coli. Guess where it was discovered? Commercial Chinese poultry farm. Does that surprise you? Nope. It's resistant to everything. Everything. Now, here's, here's what's crazy. Chickens raised here 
in the United States are sent to China to be packaged and sent back to the United States. So the the chicken can be is either cooked in China or Chile, and has to travel back here. And we have to have the, the, the our faith in our government that everything's going to be fine. So that's the price you pay for ready-to-eat chicken products. You know, a Chinese processing plant. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. If we buy Purdue chicken, do we get frequent flyer points for that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I just. Uh, don't want to scare you, but you, you may want to make sure that any chicken you eat is raised and processed right here in America. So the first thing you'll have to do is give up any pre-cooked chicken dishes. That includes nuggets and patties. Chances are slim to none that any notice will be placed on the packaging to tell you whether it came from Shanghai or Sandusky, Ohio. All right, of course, you know, the best thing would be organically certified U.S. farms. It's going to cost you a little bit more money, but uh, it's going to save your your health, and you, you know, you'll know it didn't arrive on the slow boat from China. So you've got to know what you're eating. So, I mean, this is just, this is like science fiction type of stuff, you know? Frankenfoods. How about the glue exactly. proteins? You know, don't they have, they take the scraps and they glue it together, and they can make it into a McNugget? You don't know what the hell you're eating there. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. Yeah, you know, let me just say, I think Dr. Dan just came in. Dr. Dan, are you there? I am here. Good afternoon. How you doing? All right. We're, we're waiting to hear the trials, tribulations, and travels of Dr. Dan. How are you? You, you don't want to hear that today. Believe me. We're going to leave that alone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I did. But I didn't make it back. It was a long, right, rough day. Let's put it that way. Let's just say we're working on it. All right. A work in progress. Yeah, just say a few so, prayers, and I'll tell you about it later that. on. Okay. All right. So I, want, I, I said maybe we had time, and it looks like we're going to have time for my two, two subjects, and that would be vinegar and coffee. And uh, I didn't realize that uh, – Vinegar has more uses than a Swiss Army knife. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, it's been around forever. I, I know I did it. Traces have been found in urns from ancient Egypt. The Chinese made rice vinegar 3,000 years ago, and I found out it's even mentioned in the Bible numerous times. So it has a lot of history supported by years of research, and I've, I found that vinegar and blood sugar studies go back several decades. First done by uh, Japanese researchers with a handful of volunteers. And scientists have been looking at how it can lower blood glucose ever since then. Well, there's lots of studies. In fact, there was just one last month out of Singapore that found that taking vinegar before eating will lower post-meal blood sugar readings. So as I, as I intimated, research on how vinegar can keep blood sugar in check has been going on, going on for quite a while. And seems that lately, probably because the rate of type 2 diabetes is going off the charts, we're getting a little bit more interest in this, uh, this product. A British TV show called Trust Me, I'm a Doctor, that's a great mm-hmm. name, <laughs> they ran an episode uh, with Dr. James Brown, uh, a, non-diab- a non-diabetic volunteers were put on a vinegar test. Now, what do you hear this? 
After an overnight fast, they ate two bagels. The bagel eaters who first drank a small amount of apple cider vinegar diluted with water were able to reduce their blood sugar readings by 36%. Interestingly, only the apple cider vinegar had the effect, not the malt version. If you're concerned with your blood sugar, ladies and gentlemen, and you want to give vinegar a try, remember this, and Dr. Jerry will tell you what it can do to your teeth. First, never drink a straight shot of it. It's very acidic, and it can burn your throat, and I think it can probably do a job on your enamel. Uh, so I, I'm going to advise not using more than one or two tablespoons, but dilute it in a large glass of water and sip it along with some food. And an easier way maybe is to uh, put it on uh, dressings uh, as a, on your salads or veggies. And please, when you're in the supermarket, look for the unfiltered kind of apple cider vinegar. It's cloudy. It's, it has a film on it. But that doesn't mean anything is wrong with it. It's called the mother, and it's actually believed the most, to be the most nutritious part of the vinegar. The mother, the filmy part, contains a lot of probiotics as well as iron, B vitamins, phenolic acids, prebiotics, and they're the compounds that feed beneficial gut bacteria. And how many times over the past year have we even mentioned gut bacteria? Um, and we, we have to get Dr. Jerry to do a program for us on the oral bacteria and, and how they're different and how they affect our health. I think that would be a great show. But this, uh, this is my little piece on vinegar. It's been around forever. And if you're having blood sugar problems, you might want to try it uh, before or during a meal. Well, you what, also what, have to, to mention to about the, you could use the uh, the apple cider vinegar on sunburn. It'll actually take the sting away and the pain. You get pain relief. Huh. Yeah, they well, say basically take a washcloth, you wet it with cold water, and splash some apple cider vinegar on it, and and saturate the uh, the skin where the sunburn is, and it's like instant relief. Huh. <laughs> That's a great, great, great tip. I didn't know that one. Yep. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm going to save a, another study. I haven't finished analyzing it, but this, the title of the study, what caught my eye, was uh, suggests exercise may make dementia worse. But I, I have to look into that before I comment on it. So uh, stay tuned for that one. And I, I guess you all know that Monsanto's in court now, and we're waiting a a decision uh, on this land, what they call a landmark lawsuit uh, that Monsanto hid the uh, hidden dangers of uh, glyphosate, Roundup, as, as it's known. So we'll, we'll wait on, on that uh, case to be, to be adjudicated. And, Dr. Jerry, uh, I know you know what it is, but and I think our, our listeners know about uh, homocysteine, uh, but I, th- I don't think many people, and I don't think we've talked about methylation, have we? Not recently. I don't think so. No. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, you know, like Dr. Jaffe said, please get your homocysteine level checked. You know, if it's more than 12, you're, you're, you're in for some really bad uh, health effects because it can raise that, – that homocysteine is an excitotoxin. It's similar to glutamate and that's an MSG, and I and I could tell you all the different things MSG is hidden in, but uh, it can attack your brain. Okay, it can affect your heart, uh, and guess what raises this homocysteine level? Ibuprofen and other analgesics, and they do it by depleting your folate levels. 
because you need folate to recycle the homocysteine back into methionine. And we'll get into this methylation at some point because it's a little bit complicated. I haven't figured out a way to make it understandable. So, you know, you, a lot of you took, I know a lot of my buddies, uh, I, I took two ibuprofen before I came out and got, but I'm taking two when I go home. Well, they don't realize maybe the reason why NSAIDs are associated with heart attacks, as I'm thinking now, is because it raises this homocysteine. So we have to be careful, okay? And, how, you know, NSAID drugs like ibuprofen, naproxen, indocin, selects, uh, uh, what's that one you take, Dr. Dan? Uh, I forget what? the names of all these drugs. All, but all these NSAIDs, I mean, they're... Volterin? You know, you got you, the Vioxx. The Volterin? I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, Volterin, yeah. So right. it raises the homocysteine. Right, and, okay. And... and, and and it's really it's toxic. Now, I, you know, I could go on about acetaminophen, but that does not raise uh, homocysteine levels. Uh, so the uh, anyway, I I am a little bit stumbling because I haven't found a way to talk about methylation problems and the diseases it leads to. But these NSAIDs do increase your uh, homocysteine, and if you're not taking a good, high quality folate. Uh, you're going to be in for a lot of trouble because a folate deficiency com- compromises your ability to repair DNA. It affects the inflammation in your brain and in your heart. It increases neuropathy. How many people have tingling, pins, and needles, and they feel like they're, they got hot water sensations? Okay, that could be a folate or B6 deficiency related back to the NSAIDs. And, uh, and, uh, Painkillers in general negatively impact your cardiovascular function, especially as you get older. And when you build up homocysteine, guess what? You get a lot of sulfur in your gut. You don't like that. That'll affect your digestion. Because homocysteine is a sulfur-based compound. And if it gets high above 12 or 15, it's dangerous. And higher amounts than that, I had someone tell me their homocysteine level is 25 I could tell you that's toxic, okay? And, but he was a chronic ibuprofen user, and he had a, a genetic defect also. Remember, this homocysteine is toxic to your brain. It's not just about your heart. I want to make that point clear. Homocysteine is a dangerous poison to your brain, and guess what? No amount of folic acid fixes it. In fact, folic acid is a synthetic form of folate. It can cause even more problems. Homocysteine is a double for glutamate. Remember MSG, glutamate, it's an excitotoxin. So you can think of uh, homocysteine and MSG the same way as you, you talk about glutamate. It's a condiment hitting in a lot of foods. So we could go on and on, but you need a good quality folic acid supplement, a good folate. Do you have any 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 suggestions for our, our listeners, Dr. Jerry? Well, also, yeah, the, the the B6 and the B12. You mentioned the B6 herb, but B12, and you know, taking the folate actually will raise your levels 700% higher than the synthetic folic acid. So that's why you want to take food-based. I mean, I use a lot of standard process. They have B12 folic acid, and I use that with myself and patients to help protect against the homocysteine. But, um, yeah, again, right. natural, green, dark green leafy vegetables for your B vitamins, which, in fact, you know, like 
when I do a long bike ride, my buddies are taking the, you know, Advil and ibuprofen for their pain, and I have no pain. The B vitamins metabolize the waste products which cause the pain, the lactic acid, pyruvic acid, butyric acid. And the joke of it is if you take the natural B vitamins, it does it, you know, uh, non-invasively. I, I agree. And I just want to make the point uh, that a natural supplement, we're talking about folinic acid, okay, not folate, which is made in the lab. In fact, the folate can make your symptoms a lot worse. All right, and of course, the best way, Dr. Jerry just told you, a good, healthy diet and food-based supplements, okay? So just, you know, nobody talks about uh, betaine and beets and B6 and uh, as, a re- as a, in relation to non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, but these, these drugs, they're toxic, and that's why. I mean, you know, nobody takes the time to, to look at the biochemistry and how, they increase your homocysteine levels. And there's not a traditional medical doctor that doesn't know what homocysteine uh, is and how it can affect your body and cause uh, brain and heart trouble. So uh, that's my yeah, two few, on uh, yeah, yeah, there's a few other natural things like taurine, for example, which is an amino acid that blocks the methionine absorption, to, you know, lowering your homocysteine levels, um, your N-acetylcysteine, uh, also displaces homocysteine from the protein carrier. So, and then you have the choline, which is part of the B complex. Uh, you know, and then the B vitamins, which we mentioned earlier. So, there's a number of supplements. Sami is another good one that promotes conversion yep. of homocysteine to cysteine. And again, naturally, you, you don't want to mess with the drugs. No, exactly. And and don't be taken in by. Oh, well, I eat my cereal. They're fortified with folic acid. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not folinic acid. That, that, that's a folate, and it's not going to make you better, these commercial cereals. Okay? Folic acid doesn't lower blood homocysteine. Okay? So uh, be careful. You can do research on this. There's lots of stuff out there. Just want to make yeah. you aware that the non-steroidals uh, can affect your heart and homocysteine levels. And you should have that homocysteine level checked, okay? It's one of the eight predictive blood 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 studies. Yeah, and a few just and basic lifestyle is, changes, Dr. Ron. Um, you know, avoiding methionine-rich foods like red meats and dairy products. You know, exercise on a regular basis reduces homocysteine and decrease or eliminate alcohol and smoking. I mean, here's three simple little things. You know, avoid the rich foods, red meats and dairy do a little exercise, and, and eliminate or reduce alcohol and smoking. Well, I'm glad you didn't put coffee in there because it is one of the most popular drinks, right? Well, because most people have, are weak uh, adrenals. I'm, yeah, but coffee is might be, Dr. Jerry, the world's top superfood. Brute coffee, believe this or not, but I have the articles, I have the the, the, the citations. It's one of the world's richest food sources of antioxidants, containing more antioxidants than your favorite blueberries, cranberries, and dark chocolate. Now, I'm not going to tell <laughs> you... You're knocking my main blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> I know you like blueberries, and they're great, but coffee has more antioxidants than blueberries. So we yeah, thought the coffee wasn't don't... healthy. Yeah, but blueberries uh-huh. don't stimulate cortisol. <laughs> <laughs> but 
there's lots of other stuff in my coffee. Right? Anti-inflammatory, antioxidative, and anti-cancer effects. Well, my advice is take it rectally. (laughs) (laughs) You know the second thing I did this morning? What's that? I had my cup of coffee. Good for you. (laughs) That was my second thing. I won't tell you what the first one was. Uh, look, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're, we're going to have to get into this because we have to do a program on adrenal fatigue, and and maybe I'll take the position that it doesn't actually exist, and Dr. Smith will take the position that it does exist, and maybe we can have a good discussion about uh, adrenal fatigue. But coffee contains cholinergic acid, anti-inflammatory and antibacterial and it has quinine an antioxidant known for its ability to fight diseases right positive effects on blood sugar and boosts athletic performance it has plant phenols similar to the antioxidants found in berries plant phenols are responsible for protecting the body from cellular damage it has cathestol an antioxidant found in decaffeinated coffee it's an anti-inflammatory it has melanotins compounds that are antibacterial as well as anti-inflammatory. It can enhance your brain function. It can reduce your risk of Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and dementia. It gives you more energy. It can protect your health. It can fight some forms of cancer. Uh, I have a list and list and list, but I, uh, Dr. Jerry, I'm, I'm going to stick with coffee and blueberries for dessert. With it can reduce water. your risk of... Of course, why not? Absolutely. <laughs> And with all the diabetics out there, it can reduce your risk of type 2 diabetes. Coffee drinkers can reduce that risk by as much as 50%. It can protect your liver. It can help you to lose weight. This is like something everybody should be doing. It can help improve your sports performance. It can reduce your risk of retinal damage. Cholinergic acid in coffee beans can reduce the risk of retinal damage caused by oxidative stress. It can reduce your risk of multiple sclerosis. But I will admit, not all coffee is created equal. Okay, the way the way coffee is grown uh, has a lot to do with its, its benefits. How it is, whether it's organic or not, and, and whether it has pesticides and mold and mycotoxins, and uh, that that is really important. So I'm not making light of this. Uh, most conventional coffees test very high for pesticides and herbicides. And low-quality coffees can contain up to 50% of mold and mycotoxins. And under-roasting or over-roasting can have a dramatic effect on the health benefits of coffee. So the optimal preparation is a medium roast that preserves the high antioxidant compounds to maximize the cholinergic acids and keep acrylamide levels low. Acrylamide is a toxin that can result from under or over roasting. So coffee is uh, like everything else, not using in moderation. Uh, the, the Starbucks coffee, I can tell you uh, from experience, uh, they would buy the beans that were thrown out by other people, and they would just roast them so much. That's why they get that dark roast. Uh, so people, it just gives them a different strong taste, but not necessarily the, not necessarily the healthiest beans and coffee to drink. So it has a lot of good benefits, and I'm, and I'm just pulling Dr. Jerry's leg, uh, but it, 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 I do know I do know that you have to always go to the source and the quality, just like we talked about olive oil. 
olive oil, uh, a lot of it is, is bastardized. Okay, if it doesn't come in a dark glass container, uh, it's probably a, you, you're taking a risk. You don't even know if it's olive oil. So same with coffee. So you, you spend a little bit more money and get an organic coffee. Well, just as a, a wow. quick aside here, the Mayo Clinic recommends uh, no more than 400 milligrams per day for a healthy adult, and the caffeine overdose may actually occur um, with even uh, lesser amounts, like in adolescents, for, for example, they should take no more than 100 milligrams of caffeine. Now, a, a black cup of coffee, 12 ounces, has 260 milligrams of caffeine in it. Yeah, but it, you, you know, better that, that, drinking Red Bull. Red Bull, eight, eight, <laughs> 8.3 ounces of Red Bull, and he has milligrams of caffeine in it. So you can drink, you know, five or four. Yeah, we can drink five Red Bulls, and that'll bring you up to the 400 milligrams a day. <laughs> there you go. Okay, there's nothing like coffee, though. It's, it's in my culture. Absolutely. Um, you know, so, Dr. Jerry, another quote that I ran into, because I don't live in either my past or my future, I'm interested only in the present. If you can concentrate always on the present, you'll be a happy man. And I, I told that to Dr. Dan the other day. You know, what, you, what happened in the past, what happened in the future, you have no control over. So carpe diem, live today, and you, you, you know, you'll be a happier person. And uh, we don't talk enough about uh, the mind-body connection on this podcast, right? Uh, because there's so much material that comes across our desk, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and, and nobody's reporting on it. Nobody's telling you what we're telling you about it. You know, just take the, with the sunscreens and all the toxic products, <coughs> all the toxic ingredients, uh, and the NSAIDs and homocysteine, how it affects your heart and your brain. And we really don't take enough time, uh, and I will admit it, uh, to talk about the mind-body connection. But what you expect is generally what you can get, but you, uh, you have to work on it. Well, you have so to Dr. just remember Jerry, real simply, it, it's mind over matter. If you don't mind, it won't matter. Yeah, that's, that's, you know what? As funny as it sounds, ladies and gentlemen, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, instead of saying, what if, say, so what? I mean, simple things that you can get you through the day. So, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. We are on Block Talk Radio. We are on Stitcher Radio. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Alexa. Uh, if you just Google Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, you'll see our, our programs. We have compiled now 259 uh, episodes. Uh, as some of them have. We've had great guests like Dr. Bennett Amalo, Dr. Jaffe, Dr. Stein, uh, Dr. Talmore, uh, with great, great uh, in-depth discussions of their of their field of expertise. Uh, we all have a Facebook page, Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. Our email is docronradio at gmail.com, docronradio at gmail.com. Check us, check us out on Instagram, docronradio on Instagram. We have uh, a lot of followers there. We post something uh, once or twice a week. So, uh, you know, we're trying to get the information out there to you, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. And as long as you keep listening, we'll keep uh, working to bring it to you because it's really a two-way street. As we prepare subjects for uh, the podcast, we learn too, and uh, we're happy to do that. So, Dr. Jerry, uh, Party I mean, you know, we want to do a show on 
on scenting areas. We want to do a show on headaches, and I think we want to do a show on adrenal fatigue. Uh, a lot of people are, are are just washed out and always tired with chronic fatigue syndrome. So uh, you and I will discuss and, and pick a subject for next week. Okay, call me in 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to be dancing uh, dancing got your 100, 120th birthday. Absolutely. Well, you know that what they say, to forgive is wisdom, to forget is genius. <laughs> mm. uh, how, but how true is that? How true is that? How true is that? Uh, how much how much of this burden do we we put on ourselves? We carry on our backs and lose sleep over. And gosh, ladies and gentlemen, look, go back and see some of our, our programs on sleep and how restorative it is. And if you're carrying this stuff to bed with you, you know, please become a genius and let it go because uh, you need that sleep. Well, Dr. Dan, uh, I hope things get better. I'll talk to you later tonight. Uh, we'll come up, uh, Dr. Jerry and I will come up with a topic for next week. And Dr. Jerry, thank you for your great presentation on uh, sunscreens. I hope our listeners uh, take advantage of the EWG.org website. And uh, I'm going to go have a cup of coffee. <laughs> take one for me, too. <laughs> so thank okay, you, ladies uh, and gentlemen. What, it's been, go ahead. Yeah, what, what's the name of the store that's closed today? They're not having any any coffee? They're trying to straighten things out? The big I guess I was raised right different. A little, little expensive for me. I can't. Ex- I can't remember the name of. I don't go there anyway. But but uh, don't right. forget our. Uh, don't forget. Uh, yesterday was uh, Memorial Day, and uh, even though it's a day late, Happy Memorial Day a day late. And the real heroes don't wear capes; they wear dog tags. Let, let, yep. Let's keep them in mind and. Say a few prayers for the Navy. Okay? All right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to close with Little Philly's Blues. Just Little Philly's Blues. It's good. So thank you for listening to Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored. This was episode 259. We had a great time today. And we hope that you'll tune in next week, 4 p.m., Tuesday, Block Talk Radio. Our phone number is 347-989-8899. Have a great week. Ciao.